Well, good morning, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to Deering Center Community Church. Thank you for those here in person, and thank you for those tuning in on our Facebook page and our website as well. Today we have a special treat, believe it or not. Uh, Pastor Don's technically on vacation, but he's still here. We're going to be hearing from our good friend, Pastor Frank, who's going to be delivering the message today. We're going to hear uh, a little bit more about the story of Noah. So we thank you for being here, Pastor Frank, and let's uh, open today's worship in a word of prayer. Well, Lord, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for a beautiful day outside and just bringing everyone into your house of worship today, Father. We lift up Pastor Frank to you as he delivers your message to those here in person and those listening on the internet, Father. We just pray that uh, those words, that gospel message permeates out through the computers and into this neighborhood, Lord, and melds hearts and changes minds, Lord, and uh, just brings people into your kingdom, Father. We thank you for your son Jesus to allow that to happen, and we thank you for those precious words that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you so much. Would you please stand with us and let's worship the Lord. Amen. As we continue to worship the Lord this morning, as uh, Jason mentioned, Pastor Frank's going to be talking about Noah this morning. So we want to begin with a reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Uh, because you can't read the story of Noah without knowing that Jesus is the gate. He's that one door. So let's read this together. John 10, 9. Here we go. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Oh, man, Lord, that is good, glorious news that you are the one door, the one gate. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No man enters enters into the presence of God unless he enters in through you, God. So we come to celebrate that wonderful, beautiful truth, Jesus, for what you've done for us. And we pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would come in power today, that you would fill our hearts, our minds, our lives, everything about us, Lord, that we might worship and love you today. So we thank you, God. We're excited about you and what you're going to do amongst us and through us and in your church throughout the world today. We pray for this and we thank you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen and amen. Oh, 
Thank you. You may be seated. Wow, what a uh, wonderful thing it is to be able to trade our sorrows for the love and grace of the Lord. And uh, we learn about that. We enjoy that, particularly on Sunday mornings. But it's not for just Sunday mornings. It's for every day of our lives. That he is a man of sorrows who's come to take our sorrows that we might have joy for life. Now, we learn that in our, in our study of the Word of God, worshiping together and so forth, but it's built up inside of us when we pray. So let's do that. Let's spend a little time in prayer this morning. Oh, Lord God, we are so grateful that in your amazing love for us, you became a man of sorrows, stricken, rejected, you became the one who bore the wrath of God in his body for our sin and rebellion against you. But on that third glorious day, you were resurrected to give us everlasting life the moment that we trust in you as Lord and Savior. So we come here today together as a community of faith and online, and, and um, we come together that we might celebrate that incredible, glorious truth. And we thank you, Father, that your spirit is here amongst us, and that your spirit is encouraging us and blessing us, building us up. But we also thank you that you, Holy Spirit, encourage us to pray. To pray in our individual lives, but to come together corporately as a community of faith and lift up our voices that your house would be called a house of prayer. So God, we do that right now, and we thank you for that. We pray for our country and all of the challenges that it faces, Lord, right now. There's so much turmoil uh, all throughout our land, all throughout the world. But as your children, we recognize and realize no matter how chaotic things get, you are on the throne, you are in control, you are God Almighty. And we are your children through faith in Jesus. So, wow, that is, that's good, God. That's really good. We also thank you that you've given us this beautiful gift of prayer. And that you tell us, teach us, that our prayers are like an incense before you. So we want to take advantage of that, Lord. We want to take advantage for many different reasons, but in particular for those in our church family, uh, those around us that are going through trials and str struggles right now. And right now we want to pray for our brother, uh, Eddie Taroni. He's gone back into the hospital, and he is facing a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges in his body. And it's very frustrating, Lord, that uh, as pastors and friends that, that we can't go in and see Eddie physically. But once again, we've got this powerful gift, and it's called prayer. So we intercede on behalf of Eddie right now, God, and we just pray that you would be in that hospital room with him, that you would be comforting him, blessing him, giving him the courage and the strength that he needs as he goes through this trial. At the same time, we pray for dear Elaine, his mom, and uh, Andrea and the entire family, his sister, entire family, deeply concerned about Eddie. Give them courage, comfort in their time of need. And Lord, we just, we just pray that your power would touch his, his body and his life in extraordinary and wonderful ways. This morning we pray for a woman by the name of Addie, and Addie is, oh man, she has been through it, Lord, in the last months with a brain aneurysm and swelling and infections and going from here to Boston and back. And we just pray for Addie and Tom today, God. We thank you that they have wonderful dear friends in uh, the Hall family. 
And we just pray, God, by the power of your name and the, the authority that you've given to us in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, that Addie would experience the healing that you have for her right now, God. Build up Tom, strengthen Tom in his time of need, Lord. We know that he loves his wife. He's, he's distraught over all that she's gone through, but help him to understand that you have everything under control and that Addie is going to experience full recovery. So we thank you for that, Lord. Pray for it in Jesus' powerful name. God, we pray for our, our brother Ken Mitchell. We thank you that uh, he thought that he had COVID, but he doesn't. The test came back negative, so we praise you for that, Lord. And uh, Ken, too, has been through a lot lately and the challenges that he's faced and his physical uh, difficulties. So bring healing to Ken's body, Lord. We, we thank you for that. We pray for Steve Keeley this morning. God, thank you that he is on the mend. His knee is getting a little stronger all the time. He's anxious to be able to drive, to be able to move about, Lord. So bless your servant with healing. We uh, curse that pain. We drive it out of his knee, out of his body, and let him experience the comfort that you have for him, Lord Jesus. We continue to pray for our brother Eric Nukrenziza, Lord, and uh, we know that his test, as far as we know, that that has come back negative, and he is healing as well, so we thank you for that. And maybe most importantly this morning, Lord, we pray for the Scholl family, the loss of our dear brother, Doug Scholl. He was just a wonderful, kind, loving, compassionate man of God. And Father, he chose to humble himself and dedicate his entire adult life to you, God. And because of that, he was used mightily by you. He touched the hearts and lives of so many people, touched my life, mentored me in so many different ways, Lord Jesus. We pray for dear Betsy and <clears throat> Matt and Hannah and all of the, jo the Shoal family as they grieve the loss of Doug. But we thank you, God, that because of his faith in Jesus, right now he is hearing those words, well done, O oh good and faithful servant. And so, God, though our hearts mourn, we grieve over the loss of our brother, we rejoice that he is home and he is free right now in your presence. Something that he's longed for, something that he's looked forward to all of his life, Lord. And now he's experienced, experiencing the fullness and the glory of you, God. So bless your servant in your presence. We pray that you would comfort Betsy and the family give them the, the comfort and the encouragement that they need in their time of grief. So we thank you, God, that you are God who is the living God. And so we praise you, Father, for all of the good that you poured into our hearts and into our lives. And we thank you, Father, that you are here with us today. And we pray for this and we thank you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Well, now is the time that we would take the offering. And just a reminder to those of you who are worshiping here in the sanctuary, uh, we have set up the offering at the back of the church, either on your way in or your way out. We want to thank you either way. Uh, secondly, for those of you online, we want to thank you for your continued support. And uh, maybe, just maybe, today you're checking us out for the first time, or maybe you've been watching us for a few weeks, and God has put it on your heart to begin to support us. We would encourage you to do that, because uh, God is working mightily in this church. Uh, we will begin this Thursday night a, a new program that's uh, in slight addition to our food distribution, but this Thursday night we'll be able to make meals available for anybody that drives up into the parking lot. We'll put it into your back seat, into the trunk of your car, whatever it's going to take. 
But uh, these are free meals. And uh, those of you that are supporting us, you're making it possible for us to be able to do these ministries here in the city of Portland. So we want to encourage you to continue. And if you're thinking about uh, supporting us, we would hi highly ex exalt God for you to do that. Uh, so we want to thank you for that. So let's take a moment, and uh, Sister Debbie's going to uh, pray for uh, the uh, blessing on the offering this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you again, Lord that we can be here in your house worshiping you today and for those that are also at home worshiping Father. You have blessed us so gratefully, Lord. You have just an abundance of love for us mm. and you have given us so much. So today it's our time to give back to you. Mm. We thank you for those um, gifts that have been coming in through the mail and we thank you for those that are here today that are um, Giving, our, giving their offerings to you. So again, we ask a blessing upon this offerings, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Would you stand with us and let's sing together Psalm 23. Oh, oh, oh. 
thank you. You may be seated. Well, this past week I've been able to have a brief vacation, so I'm greatly appreciative of that. And uh, during this brief vacation, I have a dear friend that is willing to fill in for me today, but I didn't want to miss hearing him preach. So I decided I would come to hear him preach. So it's my dear friend, Pastor Frank. He's from the House of Prayer here in Portland, and I'm thrilled to be able to uh, invite him to come and share the Word of God. So uh, if you'd be willing to uh, stand for us for a moment as we read the uh, passage from the Scripture this morning. <clears throat> Do you mind just... Do you mind just reading the, the verse and then we'll sure. stop? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to read uh, the scripture we're going to use this morning. It's from Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 36. It says, But in that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels heaven, but my father only. But as, the day, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. So, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity and this time to share your word. And I pray, God, that you would help me, that you would uh, minister through me. Lord, that your word would go forth. And, Lord, that it would change lives because your word is quick. It's life-giving. <clears throat> it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And so, Lord, I pray that it would bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. I do want to thank my brother and pastor, Pastor Don, and, and the first lady, Peg. Hallelujah. She's a good John Grissom uh, 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 soldier. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, but it is a privilege for me and an honor to be here. And, uh, and it's a miracle because Don knows me pretty well, and he even asked me to preach. So that's, a, you know, who knew? Uh, but praise the Lord. I just want to share uh, this morning uh, for just a couple hours on, uh, on Noah. Uh, so nobody's running out of the church yet. They're even coming in. <coughs> Excuse me. That's not COVID. That's just clearing my voice, clearing my throat. Um, Noah means complete rest. Wouldn't that be great if you had complete rest? The word Noah means complete rest. And God uses a thing called typology in the Bible. Typology is, a, is a, um, like a shadow. Uh, there's something that represents something else or someone else. In the story of Noah, there's a lot of typology in this story. And um, the first thing we can think of with Noah is the ark. And the typology is the ark is Jesus. The ark is the way of safety. And the ark is the true church. 
the ark is the true church here on earth today. And, um, and, and, and see, we, we are the Noahs. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a Noah. You're not a Noah. You're not a Noah at all. You're just a Noah. But um, see, we're the, we're the Noahs building the ark because the church is the place of safety. And the true church is going to get persecuted. The true church is going to be rendered insignificant. The true church is going to be something that people just scoff at. And there's not going to be a lot of people in the true church until the door closes. When the door closes, they'll be lined up at the church, but it'll be too late. And so God wants us to know that we are in the last nades. We're, we're, we are Noah's, we're, we're Noah's building a place of rescue, building a place of refuge, building a place of safety, of deliverance, of healing, and that's, that's the true church. Now, Jesus is the door. We, we, we saw that, we read that scripture this morning, John, I think it's 10, 9, Jesus said, I am the door. And there's no other door. The Bible said, Jesus said to, to Philip and the disciples, he says, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. You say, wow, that's pretty narrow-minded. No, I think God's made it pretty open. God said, whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. That, that makes it open to everybody. But Jesus is the only one that, that paid the price. Jesus is the only one that shed his blood, that satisfied the, the holy demands of a holy God. And uh, we, are, we are privileged today to, to know him as Lord and Savior. I'm privileged today that, to know my sins have been washed in his blood, that he paid the penalty for my sins. Praise the Lord. There's a song that goes, uh, I'll try to sing it if I can. He owed a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. My sins are gone. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He paid... He's, he's the only one that paid that debt. You know, nobody else. You know, Jesus said, all those that came before me are thieves and robbers. He says, I'm the way. And, Je you know, Jesus was not bragging. He was just telling people that he's the way. Now, you know, in the ark, there was no back door. There was no side door. There was no underneath door. There was no secret compartment. There was the door. Praise the Lord. And the only way through was, was through the ark. Um, so there's three things I want to talk about this morning uh, about Noah. And the first thing was that Noah needed to find something. He needed to find something. In Genesis chapter 6, we see the, the story of Noah. And in, in verse 6, in, in verses 1 through 5, we see that the world is, is just totally corrupt. God's creation of man has corrupted himself. I believe the enemy got in there and tried to corrupt the bloodline, and everything was, everything was not going right. Um, and in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, and it repented the Lord. Now, what does that mean? It, it repented the Lord. The Lord changed his mind. 
He says, you know, I thought this was a really good idea to create man, but I'm getting second thoughts here. I, I don't think this is what, was such a good idea. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me. I changed my mind. I, I, it's not such a good idea now that I have made them. But Noah, but Noah, I want to do a little illustration. Brought my own props. Hallelujah. You ever seen this little button here? Did you hear that? That was easy. See, all God has to do is touch this button, and the earth is going to be totally destroyed. So he's got the button on his pulpit right here. Well, I suppose I've got to be in, in line of sight here. Uh, so he's got the button here, and that's like the nuclear button. And only God can touch it. I touched it, but it's not going to blow up the earth, you know. So he's just about to press the button. He's about to. So God says, it repented me that I have made the earth. And he goes like this. And, and the angels come flying. In. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a man. What do you mean there's a man? God says, I'm about to press the button. No, you can't press the button, God. There's a man. Who is this man? His man's name is Noah. Who's Noah? He says he's looking for something. What's he looking for? He says he's looking for grace. Okay, put the button away. We got a man. Hallelujah. We got a man. Change of plans. I'm still going to destroy the earth, but I'm going to save Noah. Now, that's what God did. He says, and, and see, what Noah was looking for is not what nobody else was looking for. See, everybody was looking for pleasure. Everybody was looking for selfish desire. But Noah, somehow, Noah started to look inside, and he saw his heart. And he saw the heart that Jeremiah described, that it was desperately wicked. Who can know it? Noah began to see that he was a sinner. Noah began to, to understand the Scripture, though he didn't even have the Scripture. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 1, it says the, that the, the heavens declare... No, let me, let me go there. That's not it. But see, Noah, Noah understood that he was a sinner and that he needed grace. He didn't have the Scripture. But the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 1... I've got to find this because it's not in my notes. Hallelujah. You ever have that happen to you, Pastor Don? You're just, you know, going along, and then all of a sudden, you've got to look something up. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness, in ungodliness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. 
For the invisible things of the, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. See, everybody else knew that they were sinners, but they ignored that. But Noah did something about it. See, the Bible says that the, uh, that the righteousness of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. So some people say, well, how about those people way on an island someplace, they don't have any, any Bible. They don't need a Bible. All they need to be is breathing because the unrighteousness of God and their unrighteous acts will be revealed. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven and reveals to them who God is, who Jesus is. So Noah says, I need grace. I can't, I can't fix this. How many know you can't fix sin? You just can't fix sin. You can't, you can't, you know, that was, that was what happened to me. When I got saved, God, uh, the Holy Spirit visited me for seven days, and he showed me a, a particular sin. You know, we can all say all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I can say, what have you done? What specifically have you done? Oh, no, no, we're all sinners. Oh, what, what did you do? See, that's what the Holy Ghost did to me. He says, this is what you did. I said, well, I, 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 well, I, 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 uh, I, I buried that. No, well, now it's come up again. And it came up again for seven days. And I needed to find something. I didn't know what I needed to find. But at one point, I just cried out. I just didn't even cry out. I didn't even pray. And this is how good God is. I just said, God, help me. Because I was losing my mind. I actually didn't want to lose my mind. You know, I kind of wanted to hang on to that. But uh, I was losing it. And I just said, God, help me. And I wasn't praying. I didn't know God. And God, you know, it was like, it was that, that little prayer kind of wafted up to heaven. Went into the throne room and kind of slid onto the Lord's desk. And God the Father says to Jesus, he says, we got, a, we got kind of a weak kind of prayer, just kind of God help me. He doesn't know God. He doesn't know me. He's just, he just looking for help. Jesus says, I, I, I think we should help him. The Holy Ghost said, yeah, you got my vote. God says, okay, we'll give him a new heart. So bang, I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning. I had a brand new heart. I was born again, had a new heart, didn't know it, and I found grace. Actually, I didn't find grace. Grace found me. See, I was not looking for God. The Bible says, I was found of them that sought me not. See, God, <laughs> Christianity is the only religion where God is looking for man. Every other religion, man is looking for God. And we're not, most people are not looking for God because we don't have that in us. But Noah is looking for grace. He's looking for help. Um, and one man, one man changed the course of the world. He, not, he understands he's a sinner. He can't fix it. He can't make it right. And he can't, you know, we, we, live, at, we live in a, a computer uh, game world. How many know that uh, any of you gamers in here? Don't raise your hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we live in a, a we, okay, we, we got five lives. Uh, we need a do-over. You know, you don't get a do-over 
in life. You don't get a do-over. You, you either get grace or you miss grace. And Noah found grace. The only reason he found grace, he was looking for grace. Grace was available for everybody, and I believe grace was shown to everybody, but nobody was interested. But Noah found grace. Um, Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. And Jesus is, he's full of grace, he's full of truth, and he's full of, full of grace. God sees one man's need, and he answers the need. The second thing that, that Noah did, he found something, and the next thing he did is, is he finished something. See, God's plan was now not to destroy the earth, but to use this one man to save the earth. Now, he's not the Savior, but he's going to be used to physically save the earth. In Genesis chapter 6, 14, God speaks to Noah, and he says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Now, they didn't have Home Depot down there. They didn't have Lowe's, and I don't know where they got the gopher wood, but I think this is how he did it. Some of his son, he says, gopher wood. And then they called it gopher wood. And so that's just my interpretation. Uh, so he says, make thee an ark. See, the ark was not made for God. It was made for Noah. And do you know the assignment that you're on is not for anybody else? The assignment you're on is for you. Whatever God has you doing is not for anybody else. It's for you. You're building your own rescue. You're building your own place of safety. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. You know, years ago, uh, when we used to have, uh, we used to buy real Christmas trees. And uh, one, they'd always give you a fresh cut, you know, but there was always pitch on that thing. So you'd put the, Right, right, James. You just uh, you you put the thing on your car, and you had to take it home and take it off. Well, my wife one year got some pitch on her, and that was the end of that. You know, helping taking the tree off the. You know, so there's a lot of pitch that's going on here. You know, they're pitching and they're pitching in. Praise the Lord. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Now, 300 cubits is a football field and a half. 450 feet long. So this is an assignment that God has given Noah. And um, he says the breadth of it's 50 cubits. It's 75 feet wide. Now this is probably 75 to 100 feet. This is probably as wide as the, as the ark. Uh, think of this going a football field and a half. Okay. And then it's 45 feet tall. Now, I, you know, it's pretty tall in here. This is probably 35 feet. It's a little taller than this because they've made the exact replica at um, the place. I, don't, I can't remember the uh, answers in Genesis has made the, the exact replica. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things as seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. 
So Noah moved with fear. Um, and, and this fear is not like being afraid of God. This fear is having a reverence for God and knowing that God is, is all-powerful and that, that He is a greater being than me or you and that we are His servant. We are, you know, we are, sub, we are servants to Him. And Noah understands that. I mean, he's the only guy, you know, God says, no, he says, now look, Noah, see, I had this button, and the only reason I didn't press that button is because I found, you found me. I heard your prayer, and you found grace, and we didn't press the button. But we're going to plan B, and plan B is you make an ark. And it's 450 feet long, it's 75 feet wide, it's 45 feet high, and it's going to take you a while. <laughs> and by the way, I'm going to bring a flood on the earth. And Noah says, a flood. He says, yeah, I'm going to open the windows of heaven, and I'm going to open the depths of the earth, and water's going to come from everywhere. Now, you have to understand that they did not have rain back then, that there was a mist that misted the earth. So when Noah's building the ark, and he says it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights, Everybody says, what's rain? I'm just telling you. You know, Moses says, you know, uh, uh, Noah says that. Um, but fear, fear is a motivator for change, a motive for change and obedience. Praise the Lord. I, I'm, I'm motiv it's a motivator. Moses, when he is uh, Deuteronomy 4.10, Deuteronomy is called the second law. Moses can't go into the promised land, so what he does is he, he, he speaks the law over again. The book of Deuteronomy is the law over again to the people of Israel before they go into the promised land. He wants them to make sure that they get it. And he says, uh, specifically, the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. So God wanted the children of Israel to fear him, not because he's a big bad God, but he knows that fear is a motivator. And fear is a motivator for obedience and for change. You know, change is not easy, especially spare change. You know, that's not easy either. Um, Deuteronomy, oh, that they were such as a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always that it might be well with them and with their children forever. In Psalm 111.5, He hath given meat, and meat there means revelation, unto them that fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. Now, now here's, here's the difference. Noah feared, and he got the revelation. I want you to get this. Noah feared, and he got the revelation. When they closed the door of the ark, they got the revelation, and then they feared. Okay? Noah feared first. He got the revelation. The revelation is that God's going to destroy the earth. And Noah's telling everybody that he's going to destroy the earth, but they don't have the revelation yet. But when the door closed, they all got the revelation. Oh, I see. Now they had fear. But it was a different kind of fear. 
It was that tormenting fear. See, Noah didn't have a tormenting fear. He had a fear of the Lord. And see, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. See, one of the things we've lost is the fear of the Lord. You know, we think that's, uh, you know, old-fashioned. We, we, you know, we, we think that's, uh, you know, outdated. Well, it's not. It's not outdated. Praise the Lord, you know. And when, uh, when the dispensation of grace is over, the door is going to be closed. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, if there's no change, usually there's no fear. God shall hear, in a, Psalm 55, 19, God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth a foe. Because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. Um, the Bible says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Somebody asked me, Pastor Frank, what's the secret of the Lord? I said, it's a secret. And then, uh, but, but, but the thing is that Noah, he finished what he started. I don't know about you, but I admire that. I, I've got uh, five, six, seven jobs going all at the same time. None of them are finished. Some of them are in the process. My kitchen uh, countertop is started 20 years ago. Not finished yet, but there's still hope. I'm still breathing, you know. But Noah, he's got things finished. He started something, and he finished it under great odds. Now, his wife, his wife's name was Nancy. It's not in the Bible. Noah and Nancy, of course. Well, Nancy says to Noah one day, Noah, you've been building this ark for a long time. Been taking all our money. When do you think you're going to be done? He says, I don't know, Nancy. He says, God told me to build it. And uh, <clears throat> we got guys going for gopher wood. And as long as we got gopher wood, we're still going to build. And we got to build this thing 450 feet long. And we're about 150 feet. He says, Noah, you've been building for 25 years. He says, I know, Nancy, but we got to keep building we got to go to 450 feet. At 60 years, Nancy's a little older and Noah's a little... See, Noah started this when he was 500 years old. <clears throat> well, you gotta, you got to say something for a guy that's going to build an ark at 500. He finished it when he was 600. So I'm doing the math real quick, and it's like 100 years. So at, at 60 years, Nancy says to Noah, Noah... I, I, we, we've been, all of our resources are going into this ark. Yeah, I know. And we're at 300 feet. We're, we, I, I, I see the end in sight. It could be another, what, 20, 30, 40 years. But I got to finish this. I have to finish this thing. See, Noah had it in him. He wasn't, he wasn't out golfing. He wasn't out doing anything else. He was working on the ark. I know there's a lot of movies about that, but uh, Noah was working on the ark. Now, um, here's something Jesus said about 
finishing something. Um, in Luke chapter 14, verse 28, which of you intended to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Now see, what Noah did is he sat down and he counted the cost. But in Noah's case, it was fairly easy to come to a conclusion, in my mind. God says, I was about to push the button, and Noah, we heard your cry for grace, and we're going to save the world, and we're going to use you. And Noah says, I am humbled. And the Lord says, but you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to build an ark. And so his mind is going, he says, it's going to be a lot of work. So Noah says, okay, is it my life or do I count the cost of building this thing? He said, I'll build it. I'll build it. And see, that is what Jesus says. And you know, if you're going to get in ministry, if you're going to, if you're going to pastor a church, if you're going to do anything for God, you had better sit down first and count the cost. Because if you start to obey the Lord and do the assignment that God's given you, and you haven't counted the cost, about in the middle of that thing, you're not going to make it. I'm, I'm not trying to put a wet blanket on you, but you know, I'm a, I'm a painter, pastor, now I'm doing renovating, but I said to my son Joe, I says, Joe, in every one of these jobs, there's a dread spot in it. He says, what's the dread spot, Dad? I says, that's the spot where you say, what have I got myself into? Why did I do this? And every, in painting, it would be a job, and I got used to those dread spots. They came every time. And see, what happened was, at the beginning of the job, I made up my mind that I was going to finish it. But if when the dread spot came and I hadn't made up my mind, it will cause you to run. I'm telling you. Jesus said, which one of you intending to build the tower doesn't sit down first and count the cost whether he have sufficient enough to build it? And if he doesn't build it, that people were going to mock him. I remember in the city of Portland, there was a place, I can't remember what street it was, down by the Million Dollar Bridge, but there was a house that was there that was uncompleted for 10 or 15 years. And I kept going by and I says, isn't that too bad, you know, that they never finished that house? Isn't that too bad? Well, you know why? They didn't count the cost. You know, if you, if you, if you need to do a renovation and it's going to cost $100,000 and you've got 50000 after 50000 that span, that's the run zone. That's when you run. And see, Noah didn't run. Noah's, and he says to his wife, now, now, Nancy, I've counted the cost on this thing. And I figured it's going to take about 100 years. She says, really? Yeah. So at about 98 years, we're going to, we're going to begin to see the end of this thing. And then at 100 years, 
I believe you're going to see a whole bunch of animals showing up on the front lawn. Really? Yeah. And so once the, you know, once the animals started coming, Nancy says, you know, Noah, boy, I, at 50 years, I was about ready. That was my dread spot. I was about ready to give up. But you just kept on going. And so, so that's what God, God wants to put in us, that ability to finish. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I've got ADD or DDA or, or AHD or DHABC or whatever. But I'll be working on a project and I'll be doing something. I'll see something he's done. I'll do that. And then I'll say, oh, and I'll do that. So I got four different things going all at the same time. And I figure at the end, they're all going to come together. They're all going to be finished, you know. At least take an hour to do. You know, they're all come together. That's just the way I do things. But Noah... He's got one thing. He's building an ark. And he's got an assignment. What, what's your assignment? What's your assignment from the Lord? I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just asking a question. What's your assignment? When did you start your assignment? Did you put your assignment aside and maybe the assignment is just sitting there? Did you pick up another assignment? See, God did not give Noah two or three assignments. He gave him one thing to do. And see, so God will give you one thing to do. I think as a pastor, sometimes I know with me, I want to do everything. I want to do this and do that, do that. And God's boiled things down to get me doing one thing. Praise the Lord. Now, that's a whole lot easier, I can tell you that. Um, and see, Jesus, Jesus, is, uh, Jesus had an assignment. His assignment was to be the Savior of the world. The Bible says in, in the Scriptures that his face was like a flint as he went towards Jerusalem. What does that mean? That means he knew his assignment, and nothing was going to change his mind. Nobody was going to stop, you know, what he, was, what he had to do. Uh, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he just sweat just great drops of blood. And uh, he went to the cross. And do you know what he said? At the end, he said, it is finished. Thank the Lord that he was focused on his assignment. See, God wants us to do that. God wants us to build an ark. Um, Genesis 17 says, then they uh, talks about the, the animals coming in. It says, and the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bear up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. See, we are in the last days. Uh, this scripture comes out of the Olivet Discourse, where the disciples says to Jesus, Jesus, look at these buildings and the magnificence of these buildings. And Jesus says, there will not be one stone upon another. Uh, in, in, in the last days. He says, they, he says, Lord, tell us, when shall the last days be and the sign of your coming? And Jesus begins the Olivet Discourse. He says, uh, take heed that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. There'll be wars. There'll be rumors of wars. There'll be uh, famines, pestilence. Hey, what do we got right now? We have a pestilence. Where's that pestilence? Is that in Portland, Maine? Is that in Portland, Oregon? Is that in the United States? No, that is in the whole world. 
The amazing thing about the COVID-19, it has touched every single human being in the whole world. The whole world is affected by it. Famine. So he, he's, he, Jesus is going through all of this, and this is what he's saying, that as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So the church is the ark. The church is the place of safety, and what Pastor Don is building here is an ark. He's building an ark. And you know what Noah did, I believe, while he was building the ark? I believe he had a lot of uh, interest. I believe a lot of people came by. A lot of people mocked him. A lot of people were, because were, you got this evil world. And, and Noah says, I've heard from God, I'm building an ark. And, you know, there was a lot of people. And, and I believe what, what Noah did is, when, when we're finished, why don't you come in? Because water is going to come, and the only way to, to save yourself is to get in the ark. And they said, no, we're all set. We're good. You know, we're, you know, we're good. Yeah, we're fine. Uh, we don't like all those animals anyway, you know. And so I believe he was preaching. The Bible says he's a preacher of righteousness. And he was preaching to the people. But then one day, the waters came. The waters came. And you know, I might be reading a little bit into this, but I believe that the church is sitting and being built and one day the waters are going to come. And I believe the waters are the prayers of the saints. I believe the tears and the prayers of God's people are going are to lift the church up. Because at some point, see, God, the last point is that God finalized things. See, Noah found something, Noah finished something, but God finalized things. See, we have the impression that the grace of God is going to be around forever. We got the impression that, you know, God is love and that uh, no matter what, you know, that the people that when the door was shut, the people said, well, well okay, we, we believe in God now. Yeah, I believe. I believe you, Noah. <clears throat> Noah says, hey, it's too late. Hey, what do you mean it's too late? Isn't there a God of love? Isn't there a God of grace? Yeah, I've been telling you about him for a hundred years. And no, you didn't respond. So now <clears throat> the door is closed. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. There is, <clears throat> if you study the scriptures, there's a thing called dispensational truth. In every dispensation, there's a, the, the, God's divided into different dispensations. We are living in the dispensation of grace. This is the dispensation of grace. In every other dispensation, there was a beginning and an end. And there will be an end to the dispensation of grace. There will be a time when God shuts the door. There will be a time when the, when the opportunity to receive the Lord as, uh, as your Lord and Savior, not, not you, but the world, <clears throat> it, there will be a time when time will be no more, that God will shut the door. See, it's interesting that, that uh, God did that. God shut the door. Noah didn't have any kind of mechanism to crank the door closed. The Bible says, and God shut the door. Praise the Lord. So what's your assignment? Your assignment is to be a Noah, to build the church. What have you done with your assignment? Maybe you don't have an assignment. Maybe so. I, I just go to church. Well, 
uh, you don't get off that easy. <laughs> if you're a Christian, you're a priest, and, you know, we're, we're, we're priests unto the Lord. Everybody's got an assignment. Everybody, God says, Jesus says, uh, unto one I gave five talents, unto one I gave three talents, unto one I gave one talent. And they came back. The one with five talents says, look, Lord, I, 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 I exchanged these talents and I, I gave you five more. He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the, the joy of the Lord. And the guy with two talents says, look, 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 Lord, I, 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 I took the two talents and I, I got two more. Now, the, the thing is that the one with five talents didn't do any more than the one with two. He gave 100%. See, God's only looking for 100%. And the one with one talent, he says, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, that you, you reaped where you did not sow. I knew that, you know, that you, if, I, if I lost this one talent, you, there'd be trouble. So I, I buried it. And the Lord says to this guy, thou wicked and slothful servant. At least you could have put the money in the bank and I could have got some interest. But what, the point I'm trying to say is that everybody has talents. Everybody has a, a responsibility. Look, I'm preaching to myself. That's good preaching, Pastor Frank. And uh, I'm going to talk to you later about some things. Okay. Um, so the thing is that we all have talents. And you're not building the church down the street. You're building this church. You're building this ark. And when Pastor, Wood, uh, Pastor Don says, go, go, go get some wood, he says, go for wood. See, then you just go for wood and you bring it back. And then, and what you're doing is you're standing at the door and you're saying, come into the ark. Come into the ark. Not, it's not going to be like this all the time. So I'm all done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you have your folks come now to play something? But I just want to, I just want to, I just want to close with this. <clears throat> maybe there's somebody here, or maybe there's somebody that's looking. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe he's not your, your, the ark of rescue for you. I, it would, I would count it a privilege that I would introduce you to Jesus Christ. And if you want to receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior, now, now here's the deal. Even as Noah, Noah said I found, he's found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You can find grace today. You can find grace in the eyes of the Lord. What you have to do is you have to understand and realize that you're a sinner, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for your sin, and you don't have to pay it. Now, I think that is a great deal. And if, and if I had that offered to me, I, 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 I would advise you to take it. So if you want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, just, just pray this prayer right where you are. Say, Lord Jesus, I understand that I am a sinner. I understand that I can't save myself. But I also understand, Lord, that you died on the cross and you shed your blood and you paid the penalty for my sin. And right now, Lord, I want to receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I repent for my sin. I open my heart and I invite you in. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Now I want to say to the church, what's your assignment? 
maybe you can say, you know, I, 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 I got an assignment, but I, I, I just haven't done, just haven't finished. How many would say, I want to finish? I want, just raise your hand. I want, to, I want to finish the assignment. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to just pray that God gives you the power and the grace and the anointing to, to pick it up, maybe for the first time, to pick it up and to finish. Because there's nothing, there's nothing like finishing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You don't want that hanging over your head. So, Lord, I pray right now for everyone that's raised their hand. I pray for this church. I pray that they finish the assignment you've given them. I pray for every member in this church. I pray that, that every member would find out, discover what their gifts are, what their, what their assignment is in building this ark in Jesus' name. Give them the anointing. Give them the power. And give them, I pray you give them joy in, 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 in picking up their assignment. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Pastor Frank, hallelujah. Let's stand together and we're going to sing Glorious Day.
privilege of building God's church and knowing that someday, maybe someday very soon, Jesus is coming back. So God, I just pray your deepest, richest blessing on each and every one that has come this morning, those who could not come, all those watching in, all those who will watch in in the coming week. May your dip, deepest, richest blessing be upon each and all. And now God, we pray that you would fill us with that grace that you gave to Noah and that you would send us out into our world that's in desperate need of Jesus. We thank you for this. We pray for it in his wonderful and holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 God bless each and every one of you. Thanks for joining us this Sunday.